with Hashem's love and grace. This is Laser Brody from the land of Israel. I'm going to reminisce back in time uh, to 1987, 1987, when I spent Shabbat Parshat Korach with the Lubavitcher Rebbe in Crown Heights. I came into Crown Heights on Thursday, and from Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, and Sunday, and all in proximity with the Rebbe. But let me go back a few how I get to Crown Heights. When I got out of my second war in the IDF, more alive, and uh, I knew that I couldn't do it alone, that there was a Boni Shalalem in the world, that's when I discovered Hashem, and I wanted to learn more about Hashem. So when I came back from the war, the first Lebanon war, and my farm was up on a mountain in Samaria, a place called Mayami. It's a border farm on the 67 border. And the nearest town was Hadera, was 30 kilometers away. And there was a Chabad Shaliach in Hadera. Rabbi Klonimus Kupchik, may Hashem bless him, keep him long and healthy life. And Rabbi Klonimus really was the one that was required me to observe in Judaism. And he was the Shaliach of the, the Rebbe in the Chabad in Hadera. And he did one of the things at that time, my oldest son was uh, almost 12 years old. It was time to learn Bar Mitzvah, but there was nobody religious up on the Moshav. And there was no any no religious center. No, The nearest synagogue was, was kilometers away. So Rabbi Kupchik used to take his old jalopy come from Hadera all the way up to Miami and teach Judaism to my son, taught him uh, his bar mitzvah lessons. And while he was teaching his son, he teach me also. Uh, as things went, a year after I, figured I couldn't continue on the path I wanted to, still as a farmer. So I left the farm and went to Jerusalem and became total immersion Torah. But a little bit later, I met Rabbi Kupchik again. We'd still meet periodically, even though I was in yeshiva already. It was Mea Sharim in the Karlini Yeshiva, total immersion, studying in Yiddish. Later I went to Asia Torah. And Rabbi Kupchik says, why don't you go to Lubavitcher Rebbe? I said, I'd love to. So this was already five years down the road, 1987. I'm still a young Balshuva. But already in Yeshiva at Asia Torah, uh, they say, you know something, you're going to be a great rabbi for Kashrus because you've got green agriculture and, you know, the chemicals and this and that and together with the halacha. That you got a good future that uh, need people like you and, and kosher supervision. Okay, that's what they told me. So, make a long story short, got on a plane and went to New York, went to Crown Heights, and this was Shabbos Korach. This was in the summer of 1987, Parshas Korach. And I got to Crown Heights on Thursday afternoon, and I'm still with my suitcase, and they told me, Rabbi Kupchuk told me, go straight to 770. And he'll send, he sent a, a telegram to Sasankin. Rabbi Sasankin was an old Lubavitcher chassid. He was the Rebbe's Gabbai. And you could find him all the time in 770. And he said, uh, Rabbi Sasankin will take care of you. Okay, so I went and Rabbi Sasankin took me to his house. But before he says, right now there's Mincha. Well, it was Mincha with the Rebbe in a small room on the side next to where Rabbi Klein would receive the, the reception. He was the Rebbe's secretary where the reception room was. There was a small room on the side. And I, Mincha, and Thursday afternoon, I elbowed my way and got close to the Rebbe, and I stood inches away from the Rebbe. And I saw the Rebbe's eyes. I've never seen anything like this. 
like the color, the Gemara and Tractate Menachos, it explains the Tchelet, the blue color, that we, the rare worm, the dye we get from the worm, and we color the one strand of the sisters that's dyed blue, the Tchelet. This was the exact color of the Rebbe's eyes, and the Gemara describes it so beautiful. And it was, but praying Mincha right next to him, near my young Baltruva. So that was my encounter with the Rebbe on Thursday afternoon. Then Friday morning, I heard that every Friday morning, the Rebbe stands on his front doorstep and the little kids, they come and the Rebbe gives them a nickel. Okay, so I stood in line. Well, that Rabbi Klein, he was uh, the usher, ushered in the, the little kids. And I come there, he says, no, this is for the little kids, not for you. And I said, Rabbi Klein, uh, all due respect, the PLO didn't chase me out of Beirut. You're gonna chase me away from the Rebbe. So I came to the Rebbe, the Rebbe smiled, gave me a nickel. That was my second encounter with the Rebbe. And then it was Shabbat. Shabbat was the most unbelievable, supernatural event. Shabbat is above nature anyway. The Rebbe spoke after Shachit, after reading the Torah to Musaf. It was a quick Kiddush. And then the Rebbe spoke for seven and a half hours. Had to break before sundown to do Mencha. And they did Mencha. And the Rebbe continued speaking after Mencha. And this is one of the few Sichot, one of the Rebbe's few discourses that the Rebbe told people not to write this down. When in history, this one through once, and I heard this with my own ears, there was a intramural dissension in Chabad and Crown Heights, and this was Parsha's Korach, and the Rebbe spoke about Machloke, and he was fire. The Rebbe was on fire. His face was on fire, and the Hasidim had tears. The Shabbos, they had tears streaming down their eyes because the Rebbe was chastising them. He says, no, it's only got to be peace and only brother in love, and it can't be that there's any Machloket within Chabad. It was so special. Well, at that occasion, I got a bottle of Smirnoff for the Rebbe to take back to the Chabad house to Rabbi Kupchik in uh, Hadera. So I went back to Israel and I brought that bottle of Smirnoff. I think Rabbi Kupchik, he, what, he, he drank from that bottle for the next decade at least. That was, that was on Shabbat. Then my fourth encounter with the Rebbe was Sunday morning. Sunday morning, everybody stands in line to get a dollar. And I stood in line also. And the Rebbe used to say, shake person's hand, give him a dollar. And he'd say, He said, you should be blessed and you should have success. So it came to my turn. And Rebbe looks at me. He gazed. I feel the Rebbe could see into my neshama. And where I've been and where I'm going. And the Rebbe says to me, That's it. He gave my dollar and I went down. I said, Kui Rabbim, what's it? He said, Kui Rabbim, he said, Rabbim is outreach. Well, I asked, what, what, what did the Rebbe mean? He says, you should have success in outreach. So what outreach, my rabbis told me that I was destined to be a kosher rabbi, that I was going to talk about the kosher of, uh, of, of vegetables and chickens and whatever need. And the Rebbe said he saw something completely, completely different. Well, the Rebbe's eyes, he could see far away with those crystal blue eyes, those tchelet eyes, he saw deep into the future and this exactly, he saw exactly what I would be doing and where I'd go and I feel that wherever I do and wherever I go, this is with the Rebbe's bracha and Bezat Hashem, we know that every generation, uh, the Gemara tells us, the Zohar also says that every generation we get a tzaddik of the generation and this one tzaddik of the generation has the power to be Mashiach, but if the generation does not merit, then he can't reveal himself.
So then let's go and we have to continue on, wait further. So this is, I think there's no, uh, with Rebbe, the argument, Rebbe Mashiach or not Mashiach, that's not relevant anymore. It's not relevant because the Rebbe didn't reveal himself when he was alive. Some people say he did, but they don't want to go into that. There's no doubt about that the Rebbe did more than anyone in history to bring people closer to the Boni Shalom. And that's why we have to continue his legacy and spread a Muna wherever we go, spread the seven Nohide mitzvahs wherever we go, and we should hasten the day when all of living flesh shall call Hashem's name. Amen. <laughs>